The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to Patricia Raskin Positive Living, the program that brings you practical and inspiring principles for living more authentic, engaging, and passionate lives. Created by Patricia Raskin, a catalyst for positive change. All comments, views, and opinions are solely those of the host, guest, and callers. And now, with Patricia Raskin Positive Living, here's your host, Patricia Raskin. Um, welcome to Patricia Raskin Positive Living right here on Voice America, America's Voice. We have a great guest on. In fact, he's so terrific that he was on last week and he's on again this week for part two because it's, it's really, we're really talking about transforming your life on a very, very deep level. And our guest on the phone is William Whitecloud. He's the author of Australia's number one best-selling metaphysical book, The Magician's Way. He's also an internationally acclaimed speaker and presenter who's been instrumental in changing thousands of lives across the world. He's created powerful techniques of self-transformation, which he uses to transform his own circumstances from terminal illness and suffering to living a magical and fulfilling life. And now William makes it his life's work to teach practical tools of magic to people everywhere. And his newest book is The Last Shaman. Welcome again, William. Hello, Patricia. Lovely to be talking with you again. Thank you. And everyone um, else, by the way. <laughs> thank you. Um, let's talk about this kind of amazing process. You were talking about it last week, but I want to delve more into it about the process of really claiming your power that so many of us haven't really done. We think we have. Mm. But then all those old little voices and the old little saboteurs and the low self-esteem issues come popping right back up. You know, it's like that beach ball. It just keeps popping up. And that deters us. Talk about that. Well, this, this is fundamental. You know, there, there are a few fundamental misconceptions, Patricia, that I think we operate under. And it's nobody's fault, perhaps. I don't even want to blame society, but if we're going to blame anyone, we've got to blame our society for not really preparing us, really educating us. I mean, it's interesting that the word education comes from educate, which means to bring forth, which means actually to draw out of a person rather than to cram into a person. And I think our education system really is much more related to the latter, where we just have to learn to... Uh, take things on board rather than refer to ourselves for our own wisdom and and so our, our education system i think fails us in in two major but by not clearing up two major misconceptions and that is that basically as human beings our tendency is really to seek to understand process over end result so rather than really being clear about and having the power in Ultimately, I'm talking about ultimately, not just what we think 
will get us what we want, but actually, ultimately, what is it that matters to us? Who are we? What rings our bell? What, what personally motivates us, authentically drives us, and is what we're about and what we would love to go for and have, our, you know, have in our lives and have our lives be a reflection of. Um, and, and so rather than having that focus on the end result predominantly, we're very much process orientated. We're, we're very much in about, we're very much orientated around and, and focused and even obsessed with how is it going to happen, by what means, by what pro- process, by what formula, where's the proof, how do we know, what's the, what's right. the path. And um, you see, the, the thing is about that is that the problem with that is, is the part of us that seeks to understand, that seeks to work our way through, work out our way through life, to work everything out, is the rational, linear part of ourselves, which anyway originally developed our belief systems, our limiting belief systems, by the way, which it then refers to in trying to work things out. It doesn't look at the moment and what the actual reality is in the moment from that perspective, and it doesn't have that eagle eye view of, well, what is the what is the uh, you know what what are, what is the true situation and what are the connections that can be made here? Which is uh, one definition that I've seen in the dictionary of creativity is the ability to make uh, connections and linkages which otherwise other people don't see that we don't normally see and see possibilities that that exist there. So this part of ourselves doesn't refer to that, doesn't have this kind of clarity. It just looks back and what we believe is possible from the past and how we think we have to go about things. And the way I always describe it is, is it's, it's very much like, and literally like this, it's like we want to bake an apple pie. We've never baked an apple pie before, and here are the ingredients for apple pie, the flour, the apples, whatever it is, and they're the appropriate ingredients for an apple pie, but we've only ever baked a raspberry cake in the past or something. Mm-hmm. And so what our ego is going to tell us is how to bake an apple pie is, is, is actually how to bake a raspberry pie. It's never what's appropriate to the moment. And that kind of um, inspired... Uh, outlook and, and perception of, of the world actually only comes when we're grounded in end results. There's something about end results that engages our soul, if you like, our intuitive self, our soul self, and there's something about process that engages our ego. And so the thing is, we, we are so um, entrained in and um, encouraged in even in, in, in working everything out and understanding everything and knowing how and, and, and so being process orientated in, in the very orientation that actually keeps us stuck and limited. Now, if you look at any inspired person, that if, if, you, if we're going to start naming that people that we will all agree on that are inspirational heroes in our lifetime, whether it's Mother Teresa, Nelson Mandela, Richard Branson as an entrepreneur, uh, Bono, the, the lead singer of mm. U2, I mean, you look at these people that are not living the process. These are people that live the dream, that live the vision, that live the end result and appear superhuman but but actually are not superhuman. They're just human beings living outside of this, you know, humdrum merry-go-round that is uh, born of of process orientation. So that's the first misconception. And if I've got time, I'll just say that um, the other misconception that we – and it's related to understanding – is uh, is process because it it goes to understanding is that we we are we are subject to needing to understand rather than know and and by by that I mean is again we want it all worked out we want to we 
want a sort of a comprehensive picture of everything and certainty before we will proceed with anything. And, and again, that just subjects us to our old paradigm, whereas the, the real paradigm for inspiring wisdom and, and coming to a creative outlook in life is actually to empty ourselves and to, to, to not know, really. It's, it's kind of the opposite of understanding. Now, yeah, but if, but if you need results, I mean, you know, in the bio we read that you had a terminal illness and you turned that around. So mm. we do want to see that. And I think what you're talking about is there is a process that if you follow it, you will be able to turn things around. Absolutely. But you also have to have that belief and that trust while you're doing it because there's no magic pill. It, 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 it's very subjective, as you said. It's, it's not – you have to really give it up in a sense and, and really follow the process. You, you do. You have, to, you have to follow the process. You have to – you see, the thing is, is that – um, we all have intuition, and I think a lot of pe- most people appreciate that they have intuition, and and at one time or another even follow their intuition and and feel very pleased about the fact that they did because they would have gotten a a great result out of it. But the problem is that you know living the soul inspired life, as I put it, which it really is. Um, there, there's a, there's a problem with it because to to follow your soul-inspired um, voice, the, your own guidance, uh, you know, you, you have to go outside of your rational faculties. And the mm-hmm. thing is that when you do, when you go into this place, where, when you stand in the end result over the process and, and you stand in, in a place of not knowing over needing to understand and work everything out, information does occur to you and it will occur to you quite clearly and strongly. But the problem is that to your rational self, to, to the part of you that has, has a history of experience, it won't make sense oftentimes. And that's when people will doubt it. They won't follow it. They'll, they'll, they'll rather you know, just fall back into thinking, etc. So you actually do have to have a process and a system for following your own guidance, for following your own truth, your living you know, life by intuition. Otherwise, you, you know, you'll just always be, be sucked back into the merry-go-round. And um, what I'm pleased with and what I sort of feel especially proud of is that with my, my, the books that I've written, they, they're really designed to address this, that, that especially The Last Shaman in relation to very much what we're talking about now is through The Last Shaman, the, the, the book, I, I give a, a real, really strong foundation and a system that gets people focused, that gets you moving and generates momentum to what you want in life so that you stay on the, you know, that you stay on the path. There is a path, and it, it's a beautiful thing to be on. But, it, you know, to, to start with, un, unless you sort of have some um, guidelines to follow that path, then you, you can very easily stray from that path <laughs> very easily, as I say, and very quickly, too. Mm, yeah. And, and, you know, here's something that I want to ask, because this has happened in my life, and I know this happens in everybody's life, is I'll be going along the process, and I've, you know, I've looked at your books, and I'm working with your process, which I think is extremely powerful, and that's great. And then something will happen in life. You'll talk to somebody, or you'll be reminded of something, and temporarily you dip back into Oh, that, that kind of, what's the word I want to use? Um, uh, deflated, um, yeah. 
maybe it won't work. Maybe the stream really won't happen. Gee, if only I did and would have and could have. And, and I guess the question is, how do you work through that so it, you don't stay there? Well, you know, you, you raise a very good point because what I see, and I, and I experience this in my own life, by the way, and, I, and I, the people that I work with and, and just people in life generally, where there, there are different phases to what we, what we create in life. And, and there's what I call inception, where you get the inspiration, you get the idea, you get the initial uh, impetus to you know, follow something and, and, and create something, go towards something, live life in a certain way. And then there's the assimilation phase where you actually have to get down to working that, taking the actions, and engaging it in a, in a less inspired way and possibly even in a more mundane way where you're just actually you know, chopping wood and uh, fetching water, really, as, as, as we say. And the trouble is that when you get into that assimilation phase where you're chopping wood and uh, carrying water and just doing the daily things that you do in your life, towards whatever it is for, true for you to create, is that you, you, you oscillate from, from inspiration to being challenged. Um, and, and it's inevitable because the, the thing is, is that as we go for things outside of what, we norm, you know, what, what is normal for us to have and what we have been limited to all our lives, as soon as we start expanding out of that, the reason why we've always been where we were was because that's where we believed we, 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 we will be safe. And so yeah. when we start expanding out of that, what is it within us that believes it's unsafe to go outside of that territory comes up to say hello to us. And it says that in our dreams, it, it says that in the form of circumstances or, or in conversations or incidents, whatever, and then we get a bit of a shock and we go, oh... This is not just all inspiration and white light and that. This is, you know, the real issues. And we, our thoughts and feelings start occurring to us, trying to, uh, you know, steer us off, off the path and, and, and bring us back to what we used to. And the thing is, that's why I say you, you actually need a consistent, constructive process that keeps you focused on the end result, uh, that ability to go, okay, this is what's coming up for me. This is what... Uh, the world's reflecting to me now about how I can't be who I want to be and have what I want to have. But what was it? Let me find the energy again of what it was that inspired me, enthused me, and, 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 and lifted me up above these circumstances and this way of thinking. And I'll tell you, you know, Patricia, there's no antidote like standing in an end result of something. It's, it's, if, if, if you have, if anyone has, anyone listening, me, anybody, if we have formulated you know, self-consciously formulated clear end results and, and we have a, a, a process and a system for standing in those end results on a consistent basis and particularly whenever something daunting comes up for us, if we have the, the, the ability to go back to the end result and stand in that, something always miraculous happens and that is that everything changes. If, if anyone is freaked out about anything, upset about anything, daunted by anything, you know, stressed, in conflict, whatever, whatever emotions you're subject to, it's, it's uncanny how that will change by the very act of being able to, you know, have your end results and then powerfully refer back to those and stand in those. It, it, it's so, just amazing. So what, you're, so what you're saying is that you just have to, when that happens, 
Yeah. Um, basically, you just live with it and you go back and you affirm it again. Yes, I do say that. And I'm saying that the power of affirming, of standing that in that, that energy, that the, the emotion of end results uh, have a strength in them that, you know, this is, this is something so demonstrable. Anyone listening now can try this. You know, it's just if you've got something going on in your life, just ask yourself, okay, but what is it? Never mind about what's going on and what you believe and what your problems are and, you know, limitations are. Just, you know, just have the courage to ask yourself, what is it I'd love? And just try this out. Test it out. Stand in the end result of what you would love. And you'll see that there's an emotion associated with, it, with every end result. And if you embody that end result, you'll embody the emotion that is attendant with, that, that corresponds with that end result. And that emotion will totally uplift you, empower you, strengthen you, and also, as I say, really help you see things from a, an eagle eye point of view, from a strategic overview that you don't normally have. Um, you know, when you're in your rational, linear perceptions. But it's not only that. I don't only advocate um, standing in end results. That is something that is uh, very powerful to do. But also there's, there's something else that's very powerful to do, which is to deconstruct what you're telling yourself. You know, when, when you come across your challenge and, and your perceptions of, of doubt and concern, whatever, um, disillusion, anything like that, then also it's very important not only to, to have a sense of your true end result and, and be connected to that, but also to, to have a process and an ability to deconstruct what you're telling yourself. And it's very easy to do that, Patricia. And how, Any, do, you, how do you do that? You just ask yourself. You ask yourself what you're telling yourself now. I, I promise you it's as simple as that. Although in, in my book, In the Last Shaman, there are very clear exercises that are portrayed in, in that where you can take yourself through these exercises and very quickly deconstruct what you're telling yourself. But, but just most simply, let me just say that you can just ask yourself, what am I telling myself now? What am I telling myself about myself? What am I saying about the world? What am I saying about other people? Whatever. You know, what am I telling myself? And you don't have to be a trained psychologist. You don't have to have a degree in this. Anybody, if they ask themselves, what am I telling myself now, they can answer that. And, you know, I've taken so many people through this process, thousands, and always people are able to, to be able, they're able to say very quickly and clearly what it is they're telling themselves about themselves, that they're powerless, that they don't belong, they have no worth, what, whatever it is, often terrible things. And, you know, in every case, and I've done this thousands and thousands of times, I genuinely ask people, do you really believe that about yourself? And I, I, I've yet to meet the person who says, yes, I actually really believe that I'm, you know, a yeah. piece of nothing, that I'm worthless, that mm. I don't belong, that I deserve nothing, and that you can't believe it. No, no because it's not true. So when you, when you question yourself, you see, when you just run with things, you run with things and they get blown up. When you question them, you take the power out of them. So this is a very important process. It's, there's two parts to this, is to take the power out of, you know, your old limiting belief systems and, and your perception and what you're telling yourself and then also to empower yourself by going back to your heart, to what it is you love, and the emotion of that and the power of that. And between those two um, dynamics, but between taking the power out of the negative, putting the power in the positive, 
this is not just, mm. you know, uh, sort of wishful mm. thinking. It, it's not just pie so, in the so, sky. So what you're saying, what you're saying, and I'll give you an example. Mm. So, you know, you really love what you're doing and you, you feel discouraged. Something may not come through. So instead of thinking of how that might not happen or you may not continue or you might, you then think about how much you love what you do. Is yeah. that what you're saying? Yes. I mean, you know, what you're saying now is a very good example. And if I just refer it back to myself, I'm an author and, I, um, you know, I've, I've just released a book. But in, in the process of writing that book, do you think I didn't have doubts about that? Do you think that there were times I didn't think, I just thought, oh, my God, what I'm writing is rubbish and, and you know, I'm it's going to spend a year of my life doing this without earning anything and then it's going to go nowhere. And um, can you see all of what, what a writer can tell themselves? And if anyone's a writer out there, I know that they can resonate with what I'm saying. But anyone can. To, to, you can apply this to anything. But I'm applying it to the process of writing now. And and so you get very discouraged. And, and then you start getting writer's block because you question what you're writing and all that. So then, in that case, me or anyone that I teach, what we do is we, we go back and say, listen to what you're telling yourself. Listen to, you know, that you don't have a voice, that, that what you're doing isn't worthwhile, that... What you're writing isn't worthwhile. All, all these negatives, listen to it. And then you go back to, to, to what you love, what, what you want to create. And in that space, in the end result of that, you're back with your passion. And, and you're back with the worth of that passion. And you're inspired. And, and then you're inspired to write inspiring things that are, are really going to serve people. You see, that they take totally different energies. So that's that's really what 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 you're saying is you have to keep reinforcing. But... Something that I know when we talked, you also have to acknowledge the old, right? You have to acknowledge, not give it power, but acknowledge that it was there. You, you do, you, you know, because it's kind of like otherwise um, trying to climb a mountain with uh, leaden weights hanging off you and, and to continue climbing the mountain without acknowledging that the leaden weights are hanging off you because these dynamics um, are there and as you go for what you want in life and expand out into life as, as you know is your um, purpose and nature to do so then these beliefs are you know their job is to contain you and they want to contain you so as, as you evolve out they're trying to harness you and, and, and bring you back and the problem is is that if you ignore them they're just going to they're just going to work on you in a in a more in a in a reinforced way in an even more and more powerful way and i know this i see so many people that go for things and don't acknowledge what's mm. coming up for them and and it just becomes a bigger and bigger and bigger drag yeah. and they just believe that they need to be more positive and put more energy into it whereas what's most powerful what's going to help the most is just to acknowledge what is there and what does come up for you and, and you know, what is saying to you at some level and in, in some level of perception mm. that, right. you know, questioning and, and, and creating doubt. And to go back and acknowledge it takes the power out of it. We're, I'll tell you, this is, you know, we could do this for a long time because it's very powerful. We're going to have to close, but I'd love to have you on again. So let's tell people how they can find you about your, your books, your wonderful books, The Shaman, and also um, The Last Shaman, also your workshops, your one-to-ones. Please give us that information. Well, the, th thanks, Patricia. Lovely talking to you again, and 
Um, yeah, we could talk for hours, couldn't we? But the, the easiest way really to find me is, is on my website, um, as is often the case, www.williamwhitecloud.com, and there's free chapters for the book. Um, there's information on the books. There's information on all of my, my workshops, and there are actually also quite a few free resources that can support people in exactly what we're talking about now. I, I, I um, work to serve people in living a soul-inspired life, and uh, the, a great point of contact between anyone and me is, is www.williamwhitecloud.com. Thank you so much, and thank you so much for being on the program, William. Yeah, thanks, Patricia. Always lovely talking to you. All right, thank you, and stay on the line for a minute. All right, and, and stay with us, folks. Up next is Tracy McBride. She's going to talk about frugal luxuries for the holidays, wonderful things you can do and make that are terrific for the holidays on, on, on any budget. All right, you're listening to Patricia Raskin, Positive Living, right here on Voice America, America's Voice. We'll be right back. Talk, talk, talk. That's all we do is talk. If you'd like to talk, call us toll-free right now at 1-866-472-5787. That's it. That's it. VoiceAmerica.com. Tune into Around the World in a Glass, presented by Sportsman's. We're a show all about wine, spirits, and other beverages. Your host, Kimber Stonehouse, is a professional expert and wine enthusiast. Each week, we'll focus on a different region of the world, discuss wines and other beverages, talk about some of the top restaurants in the region, and what to pair with which wine. Just listening could make you almost an expert. Around the World in a Glass is heard live every Wednesday at noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Nine different energy systems make up the energy body. Energy is all around us and connects us. Energy exerts a major control over our biology and is a big reason why you should be tuning in to energy medicine and optimal health with your host, Dr. Ann Deatley. We'll explore energy balance techniques, tips, and patterns to keep your flow of energy optimal to maintain maximal health. By adopting these techniques, you will keep your energy body and physical body in harmony. Listen for Energy Medicine and Optimal Health, Mondays at 7 p.m. Eastern Time, 4 p.m. Pacific Time, on Voice America Health & Wellness. If you're a golf enthusiast and looking for some great golf properties in the desert southwest, you'll want to make the Golf Realty Network your weekly stop. Hosted by Jane and Al Anderson, the Golf Realty Network is all about living where you play, on the golf side. You'll hear from the course pros and vendors, while the real estate side will bring you the top agents and brokers who know how to market or find your golf community home. Tune in to the Golf Realty Network, Wednesdays at 8 a.m. Pacific, 11 a.m. Eastern on Voice America Variety, and rebroadcast weekly on Voice America Sports. Do you feel as if your life is just filled with random awkward moments? Believe me, you're not alone. Tune in every Friday for TAG, the Awkward Girl Guide, with your host, Ashley Iola. Ashley has learned to own her awkward, and she guides you how to do the same. It's awkward, but it can be a lot of fun, too. We'll talk about relationships, sports, food, health, family life, and social life. Each show hopes to make you a bit more in control of your awkward. Tune in to TAG, the Awkward Girl Guide, Fridays at 1 p.m. Pacific, 4 p.m. Eastern, on the Voice America Variety Channel. When you talk about the subject of bullying... 
It's not just the person being bullied who is dealing with complicated issues. It's also parents and teachers. Bullying has even taken a new turn with social networking, negative images, and even reality TV. Tune in to One Word Nation Radio with host Jessica Brookshire. We'll put the issue of bullying front and center, going beyond the classrooms and hallways of our schools to help empower and protect youth and their families. Listen every Monday at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, noon Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Talk, talk, talk. That's all we do is talk. If you'd like to talk, call us toll-free right now at 1-866-472-5787. 1-866-472-5787. That's it. VoiceAmerica.com. Hi, everyone. We are back. You are listening to Patricia Raskin, Positive Living. We're here on Voice America, America's Voice. And we have on with us now, I think she's my longest-running guest of anybody that I've had on this show every single year. She's absolutely fabulous. Her name is Tracy McBride, and she's the author of Frugal Luxuries and Frugal Luxuries by the Season. And she's been named the Martha Stewart of the Cheapskate set. And her things are anything but cheap. They're just beautiful. Welcome, Tracy. Thank you, Patricia. It's good to hear your voice. Always great to have you on. And you always give such great, great tips, particularly over the holidays. So tell us what we can do. What are some new things you've come up with? For the holidays. Well, you know, my I my newest thing is I've been um, trying to uh, to buy my gifts from uh, vintage vintage stores, antique malls, uh, thrift shops, and uh, and then I try to uh, to package them. And I try to, but I guess the secret to doing that is to know who you're giving. You know, know the person, what the person likes. So uh, that, that's what I've been up to lately. I found a cache of silver or silver plate. I wish it were silver, um, sterling, but it's silver plate at a yard sale last year, and I've been finding all sorts of creative ways to use that in my gift giving this year. Mm. Yes, and how? How? Give us some examples. Okay. Um, well, one of the things I'm doing is I've, the flatware that I found. I found a lot of like butter knives or those little pie servers that were, um, and I polished them up lightly because I like the tarnish look a little bit. Uh, I want people to realize that they're 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 vintage, and I I I'll include one of those on top of a box instead of a bow, and I'll make like a bunt cake for the teachers at school at my children's school, and then I'll, I'll tie it with a pretty bow and, or a pretty ribbon, and that'll be the bow in the center. So they have a, a pretty little vintage uh, a cake, cake server to serve up their bunt cake with. Um, or I will attach a spoon, a vintage spoon, or a set of vintage spoons with a, uh, a, um, oh, a, a soup mix that I've put together because, I, I, you know, I have the gift pantry, which is a, a collection of gifts that I, I store and make and buy throughout the year. So during the holidays, I'm not bombarded with money, you know, with spending money and, and, and look, you know, spending a lot of time looking for the stuff. So uh, I just pull from my gift pantry for the most part. And uh, so I use that for that. Um, I use I like to stock those with the vintage silver. And another thing I'm using uh, the little cups. So sometimes I find like little chalice cups um, that are silver. And I've been doing two things with those this year, or actually three. Um, one is I am filling them with like K2 
candies, bought or homemade. Sometimes I buy the candies in bulk, like maybe from Costco or, or Smart and Final, and then I repackage them in little cellophane bags, put a pretty ribbon on top, and then I set them inside the cup, and you know, and it's a it's a pretty little presentation for a hostess or neighbor or just a token gift to a friend who you know would appreciate it. Another time, I'll um, take little herbs. I like to buy practical gifts, so I will take the uh, like a little herb from. Uh, the nursery, just those little tiny potted herbs, and I'll repot it and put it inside like a little cup or a chalice. So they're they're not really chalices, but they're they're sort of like silver plated drinking glasses, uh, but they're not glass, obviously. But um, and then you can just tuck a little. You could either put them, plant them entirely, or just tuck the little uh, uh, the con- the herb or plant in the container inside and put a little moss around Ooh. it to hide the uglies. Or you can make it in, into a flower arrangement using cut flowers and herbs or just evergreens from your garden or what, whatever you can find that's easily available to you and inexpensively, of course. Um, so that's my big thing this year, the silver plate. And then, of course, the trays. Sometimes I find the small little plates or chargers, which they look like miniature trays, and I will put little goodies. I'll make like a, instead of a basket, a gift basket, I'll use a gift tray, and then I'll wrap the whole thing in cellophane. I could put like a, like a home-baked bread with a, maybe some um, uh, honey butter that I've made, put in a little, uh, like a tiny pint uh, 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 mason jar, and I'll wrap all that up and put it inside, maybe put it, maybe line it with a vintage tea towel or something like that. And then, I mean, really, it's just the principles are use what's easily and inexpensively available to you, and then keep the person in mind that uh, who would appreciate it, what you're putting together. So if it's a uh, if 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 it's a wine drinker, you could find a, a set of uh, at good go to Goodwill, find a set of four. I oh, the the stemware at Goodwill or the thrift shops are amazing, and they're 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 about a dollar each, and it's quite a. You can find some wonderful baccarat crystal occasionally, mm. and even just some pretty you know uh, lead crystal glasses, and you put them together, you find a set of two or four, or even a mismatched set of column one and lonelies, and make them into their own little family of uh, of uh, stemware, and put them. In a uh, in a basket, or put them on a tray with um, with a bottle of champagne or, or a wine that you know they would enjoy, or even a bottle of cider if they're not drinkers. And um, you can you, there's so many things, Patricia, as you know that uh, that we all could do. And I'm pretty, I'm you know every year I'm just uh, it, it, it the formula never changes. But the, it's just the details that change because it, I'm just using what I what I find. And it, actually, it's actually a treasure hunt. It's a gift. One of the things. Yeah, that's I, incredible. I, I, I mean, you do so many things like that, and you also talk about gifts of the heart. Oh, talk yeah. Talk about some of those gifts, whether you know they're handmade gifts or writing gifts. Talk about that. Oh yes, I love gifts from the heart. Um, well, I, there's my there's the one I did for my husband years ago when we were first married, and not you know very on a very tight budget, and it was his father had just passed away the year before, and he had um, inherited from his father. Um, a, a, a Gruen gold Gruen watch, and it had been all scratched up because his father had actually worn it quite a lot when he was a child. But he had moved on when he got older and put it away. But when his mom gave it to him after his dad died, and I took that watch to a, uh, a just a little jeweler and had him put it. He cleaned it. He put a new uh, a crystal on it and a new watch band. I think I spent, I think I only spent at the time. I was like twenty thirty years ago. Um, mm-hmm. I I spent uh, about. 
not even $20. I think it was more like 10 And then, uh, and for a leather band. And then I presented that to him for Christmas. And then one, another time, I did this for my dad and my husband. Well, when, when I was in high school, my, I didn't know what to get my dad for Christmas. Cause, you know, dads and husbands are awfully hard to buy for sometimes. You know, they, they, it's either all or nothing for them. It's either the, the expensive sports car or the, uh, <laughs> or nothing, you know, <laughs> or yeah. they just like, you know, a token gift. So uh, so I found my dad had um, a watch from his dad. His dad had passed away when I was just about three, like many years ago. And he had had his dad's watch, and he always said, I wanted to, he wa- always said, I wanted to display this. I just don't know how. So I went and did some shopping and found one of those watch domes and uh, bought that for him for Christmas to put his dad's watch in. And it's still we just drove back uh, from his house this morning, and it's still on his counter, which made me, which what brought it to mind when we were when you were asking, and yeah. uh, I, that, and I bought a, a, pic, a picture frame, and I put a picture of his dad, and I presented them both together, and I did a similar thing with my husband for his dad's pocket watch after we got married. Yeah, as well. which is really, I remember, and I know I say this probably every year, but I just remember the story that you told me of the woman that you got a gift for oh. who was extremely wealthy and yeah. she had everything yeah. and you gave her something really oh. that was, you know, <laughs> one of a kind. Explain that. Cause I think those gifts from the heart are really amazing as well. They, well, thank you. And it, that, you know, I can't do it all the time. I mean, but I had written my first book and, uh, and she had, she, she was really busy. She was a mom at, she was my good friend and, um, our children went to school together, and she basically could buy herself whatever she wanted. And she, but she, you know, she never really had time to read my book. She said, "I would love to read it, but I only listen to books on tape." And of course, my book wasn't on, you know, audio books at the time. It was tape at the time in the nineties. And um, and she said, "I wish your book was on tape." And I said, "Well, maybe eventually, but you know, I just came out. I don't think it'll it'll be a while." So what I did was I bought one of those little tape recorders, those little mini tape recorders, and I just went through my book and I read the parts that I thought she would enjoy the most and uh, put them on tape so she could just listen to it, put a little, uh, her little ear, ear plug in and listen to them while she's driving around in her car and, uh, and get a little taste of, uh, of frugal, the first Frugal Luxuries book. And she really yeah. appreciated it. So, you know, we don't always have books that we can, you know, do that with. But if you, the whole thing is, is really just to, to listen. You know, my daughter, Rosie, my youngest daughter, she has a gift for that. Um, she, if ever I'm stuck for a gift, she'll, she hears, and she hears and she doesn't forget. I don't know how, I mean, she just really has a, a knack for, um, for remembering. If I say, what, oh, Dad, what does Dad want this year? I, I, I haven't been paying attention. She goes, oh, you know, he said he wanted one of those little helicopters, those little, you know, those <laughs> remote control helicopters. And I go, you're kidding. Because I, you know, he had mentioned it once, like months before. I never even noticed, you know, but she remembered. So if that's, the, the, the gift, uh, usually I have to write it down. Usually I keep a, a notebook, but I had missed that one. But um, And I, I know he wants a record player because he had bought all these records, and he kept saying, I wish I had a record player because he likes old old um, albums, LPs, and he likes to collect them. But the record player that we had, uh, it didn't fu- it stopped functioning. I don't know what happened to it, but uh, it just wouldn't play. The speakers didn't work, and we didn't know how to repair it. So. That's what he's getting for his birthday, actually. So, um, in which January. is really, <laughs> yeah, so, uh, yeah. but yeah. So it's just really all about uh, about uh, listening and paying attention and remembering. Now, if you have a bad memory like I do, 
a notebook, a little tiny notebook, or put it in that you keep around, or however, put it on your phone, put notes to yourself on your phone, and then uh, and then when when you reference, just remember to reference back because sometimes I even forget to reference back to my notes. And uh, but of course, I have my daughter, which I call her my PDA, my personal daughter assistant, so I can just I, I think I'm leaning on her too much, but. Um, mm. But but that's what it's all about. It's just giving someone something they had mentioned, and uh, but but and and stuff they wouldn't buy for themselves. Like, um, uh, uh, well, this is not really that frugal. But um, I had really wanted an iPad, but I just couldn't justify spending the money on an iPad when I have a perfectly good MacBook that I used all the time and a perfectly good iPhone, which is they're basically all kind of the same thing and, you know, similar in my mind, but I really, the, the iPad just sounded very, com- I, I, it would be fun to read things on it, look through magazines and things like that on there. So, um, and, but I, I just dismissed it because it was ridiculous, frivolous, you know, the wet's kind of, I'm frugal and I don't like to waste money. So, um, so on my, in my, my birthday, we all went out to dinner, and uh, Rosie said, I just got you a little gift. Dad and I got you a little gift. Because I said no, because I had just bought, invested in some you know, stuff for the yard that was really expensive. And we, you know, so, but I digress. But uh, so I, she said, I just got you a little shirt that I thought you might like from like H&M or some store at the mall. And so uh, after dinner, I opened it up. There's this little box. I opened it up, and it was an iPad. I was shocked. Shocked. Oh. Because, and she got a really good price for it. She had for like 350 and um and and she knew and I've been using it. I have it sitting right in front of me as we speak. That you and know, my though, computer. <laughs> I, I want to say something about this because I was thinking about this today, and it's a little bit different from from what you do. But you know, many times I will look for a sale, and I I was kind of brought up that way. You know, you get best quality, but you buy on sale. Exactly. The problem with that, though, Tracy, and I've seen it. What happens is. Either I wait till the item goes on sale, then it's not in my size or in, you know, I, it isn't or I, I miss it. Or I then buy the stuff when it's on sale and I'm getting five things instead of that one thing that I really would have loved. That's true. Now, that, that's where the luxury part comes in my philosophy. If you really love someone, someone, <laughs> if you really love someone, if you really love something and you know it fits like for, for like a blazer, for example, if you, you don't want to buy a cheap blazer because obviously it would be something that most people would wear a lot, a man and a woman, or especially a woman. I mean, we can throw them over a dress, over jeans, over a skirt, you know, we can, it's, but if it, if you, it pays to invest in quality and pay and and a good a good well made blazer for example and a good uh, a, a, a good fit then that's that'll save you so much money going through the less expensive less more ill fitting things i mean this is just one example the same another example would be um uh like a like a faucet, for example. That's personally speaking. We our faucet broke. We had a, our, a a new faucet put in about six years ago, and it was a three hundred dollar faucet. It was very nice, and I won't mention the brand name. But it just about a week ago, it broke. It just snapped right in half and tilted right over, and uh, it was obviously past well past warranty. But not, I mean, it should have lasted longer than six years, and we thought we had paid well for the quality, but it had a plastic. The, the swivel, the threaded swivel inside that allowed the faucet to turn back and forth was plastic, and it just snapped and couldn't be repaired. So what I did was I spent about half a day and 
uh, I invested, investigated, and researched uh, faucets that were made of all metal, all brass, and we ended up um, ordering a faucet that I think it's six hundred dollars, but it's it, it just arrived on Friday. So heavy, you could barely <laughs> lift it. And my husband, it's just it, it, this will last a lifetime, and it's guaranteed for a lifetime. So I mean, we paid twice as much, but we're not going to have to replace it in six years. I mean, that's the, the thing is, these days you have to do your research on the quality of the product, because even though they're $600 or $300, it doesn't guarantee they'll last for, uh, you know, the, the length of time that things, as a rule, used to last. Yeah. So, so what you're talking about is you have to watch both, the quality, but also the price as well. So it, it, it's a balancing act. It is, and it's a little bit about spending time doing your research. And, you know, thank, thank heavens for the Internet because it allows you to do it without, you know, running around town and uh, it gives us a lot of information at our fingertips. So I just research and I read a lot of the reviews and, uh, and, and I learn a lot from those. Um, of course, you have to take some with a grain of salt. Sometimes they're just people being ornery. But um, other times you can, you can kind of tell and weed out the ones that aren't. And that's, that's interesting. And, I mean, I've learned a lot through that. Um, and that allows you to know whether it's worth spending the extra money for or just realize that you're buying a disposable faucet and just buy a you know, $100 faucet and know you're going to replace it every five years. Right. That's right. But, but I prefer the other. All right. Well, we have a couple of minutes left. So tell us, give us some other tips of things that we can do around our table, our tablecloth, our food, some of the uh-huh. things for, for, you know, for the holiday time. Oh, there's so many simple things. I really like, well, you know me, I like to snip evergreens. I mean, if you don't have them in your yard, I like cedar a lot. I like to, to line my um, with cedar and pine and rosemary. We have a lot of those out here. Um, that, those are what's readily available to me. I line my picture frames, my mirrors, and you don't even have to, people, it looks like a garden, but all I do is just snip them into, you know, sort of similar size, small pieces and just line the tops of those. Unline the windowsill. If you want lights, you could put a, um, just put underneath them before you put them on, just put a little small strand of just simple white lights. And uh, I, I'm into simple, natural decorating. I like to use edible things like nuts and silver bowls or crystal bowls or, or tangerines or lemons or, lime, uh, or oranges or apples. I like to um, set those around the house and put little tucks, uh, tuck little sprigs of rosemary in those. And then when you're done, you can... You, you eat them. You don't have to waste. I really, I like double duty things like that a lot. Um, did the same for autumn when I used squash on my mantle and then, um, and on our table, lined the table with a nice little vignette of, mm. of, uh, candles and squash. You could do similar things with green, with like the acorn squash, the green things, or, or pomegranates for the, for Christmas holidays. And, uh, and, and there's so, there's, that go to the grocery store, the farmer's market, and at the produce section and see what you can, See what you can see, and of course nuts—they last forever, and uh, and then they're delicious. You, know, you could bake with them, or just you know snack on them and make granola with them. And um, and my, another oh, uh, speaking of granola, changing the subject slightly back to mm-hmm. gift giving. I've been doing a lot of practical gifts this year. Things that are that will that I, I didn't that aren't frivolous, things that people can make a meal out of or a dessert or they, or I know they need them, you know, or they could make use of it that will make their life easier. Um, I've been doing the, uh, the, the, the granola, homemade granola making breakfast baskets. I've been doing the homemade soup mixes and, and making dinner in a basket or, you know, or, or, put, or, the, um, or even buying the uh, pasta sauce with the quinoa pasta that's 
supposed to be a little bit healthier for you and more protein, less carb, um, and putting them in a, a pretty colander that I find for $10 and or $20 and throw, put that in and, and line it with a, um, a, a, a gingham, a red and white gingham cheese mm. towel. And it's, mm. it's just so simple to, excuse me, so simple to do. And it just takes a little thought, and once you uh, start doing it, it becomes highly addictive. (laughs) All right. Well, Tracy, we're going to have to go. Um, How can people find you for your – and I know you have a blog as well. Oh, yes. I've been busy on the blog lately. Um, Yes, the the best way to find me is at my blog at uh, www.fugalluxuries, all one word, lowercase, at blogspot.com www.frugalluxuries.blogspot.com. And if you look at the top, right next to the, the uh, there's a bar where it says home. Right next to home, I have a whole section called the gift pantry. And there are lots of ideas there ready for people if they want to learn more. Oh, that's great. Well, it's always a pleasure to have you on every year. Oh, we'll you. just keep it going. It's always a pleasure to, to, to be here. Thank you so much, <laughs> Patricia. All right. Thanks so much, Tracy. Thank you. you, you okay. Stay, yeah, stay on the line for a minute. All right, okay. folks. This wraps up today's uh, Patricia Raskin Positive Living. You've learned how to think in a different way and how to uh, have a wonderful holiday on any budget. So you've been listening to Patricia Raskin Positive Living right here on voiceamerica.com. Stay healthy. Stay happy. Get the support you need. And know you can make your dreams come true. Until next time, I'm Patricia Raskin. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by Voice America Talk Radio Network its staff and management.